With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess baby superhero need the same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop chipping, I'm chipping off the power. Broken, the school's closed, the prison's open We ain't got nothing to lose Everybody, we rollin' uh, Everybody, we rollin' With some light-skinned girls And some Kelly rollin' And this white man world We the ones chosen So good night, fool world I see you in the morning One bleeds red And one bleeds blue Two friends One heated rival It's intense it's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347 324 5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, I need a pick-me-up. It's been a long, hard work week here at the Full-Time Fantasy Headquarters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue, Friday Night Football in America, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, uh, we are live. Yeah. It is uh, June, <laughs> December. You need to pick me up, though, uh, Scott. February 22nd. Uh, you know, it's been one of those weeks, man. It's been a hard working week here at Full-Time Fantasy, the FF Toolbox. Has been a, a lot going on there. We've got free agent running backs on the move. We had the podcast earlier today with Matt Bailey. We have another one tonight with Matt Bailey, the world champion of fantasy football. Uh, fantasy baseball rankings went up on the site today. We have a scouting combine preview up on the site. The Daytona picks are up. And uh, the draft prospect rankings. Nobody does uh, mock drafts like FF Toolbox. Apparently, we get so much traffic on mock drafts, Mike, but, uh, hey, I don't know where to start. I'm just throwing out ideas, but uh, good to hear from you, buddy. Been a long time. Yeah, it has. It's, it's been a while. Uh, you need to pick me up. i tell you, you what. What you need to do is stand up. Yeah. Stand up right now, Scott. All right. All right. All right. Stand up. Uh, I don't have the music behind me, but uh, just imagine this phenomenon 
that is going throughout the nation. All right? Now start shaking. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Do the Harlem Shake, baby. Do the, do the Harlem Shake? The Harlem Shake, baby. It doesn't matter what you want to do. Do what you want to do for about 30 seconds. Do it. 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 And once you step back down, everything's going to be just fine and dandy. I'm telling you. Yeah, that Harlem Shake. That's been around a while, man. I don't I don't know if I'm getting into the Harlem Shake yet, but if you YouTube it, you'll see what he's talking about. It's been around for a while, and and it is a YouTube phenomenon that's going on right now. So uh, thanks it's to not, thanks it, to the crew, not. the chat room. Uh, we are back uh, after the hiatus last week. We're glad to be back, Mikey. Glad to have you back, uh, back and better than ever. Red versus blue. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We have a special guest tonight, Matt Bailey. The fantasy football world champion, $200,000. We're going to find out how he did it. Uh, he's been drafting at Trendsetters at the National Fantasy Football Championship. He's been drafting over there. They've got uh, some good early drafts going on. want to see what kind of guys and pick his brain on who he likes this year. And then, you know, hey, has he spent any of that money yet? I'd like to think that he has a little bit just for fun. Uh, but we will talk to Matt here in a little bit. We're going to try to go uh, as long as we can go tonight uh, to <laughs> until we pass out. I got a few Keystone lights in, <laughs> waiting for me in the fridge. I, can, I don't know how they got there. It was a neighbor or something they dropped, but that's all I got. So that's that's what's going to happen tonight. Um, we well, do, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, I would like to uh, obviously make a, uh, just a congratulations to you and uh, FF uh, Toolbox and the FFWC for the uh, – Michael Bronte coming on board, Invictus. Uh, ah. That was uh, exciting news when I saw that uh, uh, on the on the site. I mean, that just uh, you know, I mean, this guy is something else. He's very astute, and uh, he's going to bring a lot uh, to me and to everybody else involved. That that was awesome news, Scott. You're not kidding, man. You're not kidding. Uh, do we have an eye for talent or what? Uh, Michael Bronte. That's right, Invictus has joined uh, FF Toolbox as our lead dynasty contributor. And, uh, yeah, we are going to uh, – we're, we're, we, we see a lot in Mike. We have always have his rankings, his analysis. His dynasty podcast is is the best out there. Uh, they have a, a, a loyal following, Shane P. Hallam and Michael Bronte. And, uh, look, they've uh, they've got a podcast, and it's, it's a good, good show. And they've turned it into paper. Listen, it's like pay-per-view. And I totally get it, and I totally support it, and I think everybody should if you want to keep up. It's basically his thing is competitor or contributor, and that's really what it comes down to in Dynasty League. You have your guys every year that are always rebuilding, always trading away their draft picks, always trying to go for it. Either they're stockpiling draft picks or they're trading them all away for old wash of talent trying to make a run. It's all about timing, and you have to kind of look and see what your team is ready for and if you can rebuild, but you've got to – and he uses a three-year window in his rankings, and I really support that because I think looking any further than that, you're very you got to be very careful. Uh, because look, you got the guys that that just try forever and they never cash. And then you got those other guys that seem to dominate and continue to reload their team because they're very active. So it's which one are you, competitor or contributor? Right, and you know what, Scott, it it it, it really rings true because you know I've been. Uh, you know, I always bend your ear every once in a while about what should I do here, what should I do there, uh, and then uh, on red versus blue, I'll, one one of the questions I'm always asking, especially this time of year, is uh, 
I'm not very good at dynasty leagues. How can I get better? So uh, this is going to be awesome. I mean, I can't wait to uh, you know shoot him a couple uh, messages and uh, just uh, check 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 on his site and uh, check on his podcast and just to figure out how I can become a better dynasty player. Thank you to the crew, the chat room here, at Red versus Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes football. Look at. 11.08, we're going to get right to it. Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie says he believes Darren McFadden's injuries have been mostly fluky. Uh, these things happen. He's as tough as they come. Mike, uh, Darren McFadden is a, is a somebody that uh, we've been kind of avoiding like the plague, but if you have him, kind of hard to sell the guy. You almost got to ride him out. It's interesting that Michael Bronte, our dynasty expert, aforementioned there, has Darren McFadden ranked at 17, and he says, I can almost repeat the above about DMAC, uh, but he's proven it more times that he cannot last a full season on a team that will continue struggling. He's only 25 years of age, Mike. Darren McFadden, do you believe the GM, or is this coach talk? Well, I, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, uh, Michael has Darren McFadden uh, rated even below a uh, Frank Gore, so to speak, uh, Darren Sproles. You know, which is uh, four, rated 14th. Stephen Ridley, uh, which you never know what you're going to hit year to year from New England. Uh, Jeremy Fadden, the guy has a ton of talent. I believe in his ability, but it seems like every year that Oakland is going, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but it never comes to fruition. And at that point, Fadden goes down. I don't know, I don't know why that happens, but it just is. I'm not. Uh, you're not going to get me to believe in Fadden right now. You you could last year at this time, yes, but I, not not this time. Bronte's getting a little bit of a rough go from Henry Muto in the chat room. He says McFadden below Gore, question mark, and he does have Gore as a 29-year-old running back, two spots ahead of Darren McFadden. Again, uh, a three-year dynasty window, so you do have to take into consideration, does Gore have it? Uh, he says, looking damn spry, even though he won't catch as many passes as he used to. I cannot buy the gore, uh, even though he keeps doing it and he keeps defying the odds. I just can't do it. It's uh, it's not it's not in me to have that type well, of player. I tell you what, Scott, if you have if you have LaMichael James and Frank yeah. Gore on your roster at the same time, then you're looking pretty good. Love LaMichael James. Matter of fact, his middle Sorry. name is. Uh, I, I call him LaMichael Dynasty James. Ian Ritchie uh, came up with that name. I love that name, LaMichael Dynasty James. Yahoo Sports, Jason Cole reports the Chiefs appear to be the most interested team in the Alex Smith uh, sweepstakes or trivia contest or what is that? I don't really, I'm not really sure, but they're unlikely to use the number one pick on a quarterback. And if they don't take Geno Smith, which it doesn't look like they're going to, uh, it could become a type of a free agency type move for the Chiefs to improve that position. And does Alex Smith have a home, or is he going to wander around? Alex Smith's home is in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. He's got one more year left. Doesn't he, Scott? I believe he has one more year left on his contract. He is going to stay there. San Francisco is well under the cap. Yeah, They can afford to pay Alex Smith. Just in case something wants to happen to Colin Kaepernick, they can do that. It would not surprise me one bit if Alex Smith stays in San Francisco, helps Colin Kaepernick, and is there as an insurance. 
Yeah, it's it's really uh, to me. Look, uh, number one, former number one pick, kind of a non-story at this point in his career. He well, could he make, could he make an improvement to somebody like the Jets? Probably so, but you know that's just the worst case scenario. If you're a Jets fan, you'd much rather the Jets go ahead and take that uh, Nassib guy from Syracuse or something. You know, just do something, shake it up because what you're doing is not working. It hasn't worked for a while now, so time to. Time to shake things up in uh, in New York City. Well, what Alex Smith has done with Colin Kaepernick is he's helped him out. And Coach Harbaugh has asked Alex Smith to do that, and that's what he did. And they made a heck of a run. And they're going to be a beast next year. There's no All right, it. let's go. Let's go with some hard-hitting dynasty talk. I need to wake up, Mike. I need to get uh, – I need a Red Bull or something. I, I, I just uh, – it's really been a hard week. Let's look uh, and, and satisfy the, the guys in the gang in the chat room here. Three rookie wide receivers. We're all looking for the next Calvin Johnson, the next A.J. Green, the next Harvin, the next Randall Cobb. They all say it's a very deep wide receiver class. There's going to be several uh, wide receivers taken in the first round this year. That is uh, a fact. And it's, it's everybody thinks, I know it's a consensus that there's a, that there's a very lack of uh, top-level running backs after Eddie Lacy. And so, you know, maybe wide receiver is the depth. But we're going to look at three wide receivers. Uh, we're talking about uh, the three wide receivers I've got queued up tonight is Tavon Austin from West Virginia, wide receiver, right? Uh, he's the kid that he when he lined up at running back, he piled up 570 yards against Oklahoma, second-highest single game total in NCAA history. He rushed for 344 yards. Two touchdowns, caught four passes for 82, gained 146 yards on eight kick returns. I can see why they compare him to Percy Harvin. They're kind of enamored with him like that, Mike. So he calls himself uh, the best player in a draft. (laughs) Now, that's the kind of bravado we usually get from wide receivers, but he believes it. And he also patterns his game after Patriots slot wide receiver Wes Welker. So if they're talking about him potentially running a 4-3-40. If he does, he'll be a first-round pick, Mike. So, Tavon Austin, that's one name to consider. Have you heard anything about him yet? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm just looking at uh, – right now I'm looking at Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, a couple others. Okay. Well, we're, that's that's one of the names. You named one of the other three that I'm going to talk about. The other one, uh, the second one that we have on the list tonight is – Keenan Allen. Now, he's the California wide receiver. NFL Live Friday, ex-Colts president Bill Polian compared Keenan Allen to Reggie Wayne. Uh, Well, he compared him to Reggie Wayne, a young Reggie Wayne, a quality route runner, gets in and out of the break sharply. He's projected as also a late first-round pick. Then we have our third wide receiver of this study, Mike. Evan Silva, if you know him from Roto World, met him in Vegas this year at the FSTA conference. Uh, the question is, uh, his his comparison was this Corderell Patterson from Tennessee, and he thinks he compares very uh, – he reminds him of Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones. So you've got three guys there, three comparisons. You've got Patterson to Jones, Keenan Allen to Wayne, Tavon Austin to Wes Welker, uh, the Percy Harvin type comparison. So, uh, if uh, what, what, how do you shake those three guys out, Mike? What do you think? Are these wide receivers that you would take in a dynasty draft? Or are you going to pass and go after the more coveted, you know, the 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 elite uh, tight ends, or are you going to take a reach on a running back? What are you going to do? 
I'll tell you like, what I'm thinking. You know, basically, either one of these three wide receivers in the in the game in the way the game is played right now, Scott, in the structure of the game, it's a passing game. Uh, you've got to take either one of these three. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Robert Woods right now, but I'll get back to him here in a second. But uh, those three that you uh, you know you commented on, you have to take one of those three. Uh, the game has become more pass oriented. Um, it's gotten to the point to where you can uh, start one running back in a lot of dynasty leagues and be okay with that. Yeah. And even that one running back who's starting, he, he's getting a lot of receptions out of the backfield. So right. you, you pretty much have to just uh, look at look at the thing and say, okay, well, I'm not going to go uh, RB heavy. I'm going wide receiver heavy because it's a landscape of the game. The game has changed so much. Yeah. It's changed to that point. Well, I'll tell you what, There, this is a deep running back class. And after Eddie Lacy, who I do have as my number one uh, dynasty rookie pick, I like to take a, a chance on these wide receivers. Now, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to check it out. I do like Keenan Allen, and I do like Patterson. Uh, the Tavon Austin hype is kind of building. We'll see what he does uh, when he uh, you know, gets here, at the, gets here and, and, and works out at the combine. We will see that. By the way, you got to DVR that thing. Mike, it's like 10 hours. And you just got to catch up to everything that you're missing. You just, I mean, that's our life, right? I mean, we don't, we, you know, we have, we get our vacation every year with the kids. We, uh, we, uh, you know, go to work every day and then we go out to Vegas every year. For, but that's about it. Uh, other than that, we're DVRing the scouting combine. That's our life. Okay. Whatever. But you, would, after uh, Eddie Lacy, I'm taking a chance on Patterson. I'm taking a chance on Allen. Before I'm taking a chance on guys like Bernard or Randall or Ball or Taylor, I like them. They're just not sure things, okay? They're not sure things. And, right. you know, are, are running backs more coveted in tr in trades? Uh, but, yeah, but then you end up with, you know, uh, these guys that are just marginal at best that never really have the elite talent that you could be missing in one of these wide receivers. Let's face it. If you have yourself uh, a chance to take A.J. Green or Demarius or, uh, you know, uh, Julio, Calvin, uh, Decker, you know, any of these real good guys – you would take them in a heartbeat over some of those marginal running backs that you have now uh, in Kendall Hunter and Robert Turbin and, you know, Quiz Rogers, even Shane Vereen, these guys. Those are all those marginal running backs. And you're talking about very good quality first round rookie wide receivers. Not some, you know, now we had our eight, we had our uh, Jenkins uh, for San Francisco that went in the first round uh, or thereabouts right there at the end of the first round. So that was kind of a fluke. We've always had the Darius Hayward Bays or that or that Ted Ginns that get drafted early, but they didn't. They shouldn't have been. These guys actually should be drafted in the first round. And so, you know, a guy like uh, Miami's quarterback Tannehill, he needs a wide receiver weapon. If he gets one of these guys, you can bet it's going to be a pretty good, you know, first year, second year, third year guy. You're going to have a beast. You're going to have a very well, nice. I think Miami was shopping around for a wide receiver, but uh, you know. It, like you said, I mean, he's going to need some help. He's going to need some offensive line help and uh, wide receiver help. Yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact, after I take Allen and Patterson in some order, I'm not sure yet, I got Lacey, Allen, Patterson, kind of my top three. Eifert is a kid that I'm – I just – I love watching him at the, at the Irish. You know, obviously living here in the Midwest, you get to watch all the Irish games. I think everywhere around the country you get to watch Irish games. But I'm a big Eifert fan. I also like Ertz. Uh, over off the West Coast. So those two tight ends really see – I see a lot of potential in those guys. And, and you know, tight ends, look, it's very hard to get too excited about tight ends these days. 
but uh, I think he is worthy of a mid-first-round pick. Whichever one of those guys goes to Atlanta at the end of the first round, I think you've got to consider around your top six in dynasty rookie draft, even higher in the FFPC, the one-and-a-half point per reception league. I think you've got to take a look at an Eifert or an Ertz, whoever lands in Atlanta, Mike. What, what do you think about those tight ends? I think uh, I think they're both good, uh, and you just got to find the tight end that's going to uh, fit for your team as far as dynasty goes because I, I think, I don't know, I mean, is the, the tight end going to sleep? It's not going to because of the way that, that the game's being played. So, you know, you got to grab a tight end that could end up being a slot. We have Urinal Mend in the chat room saying, Harbaugh recruited your boy Woods in high school, was talking to him today. Nice addition to San Fran, and that just brought back nightmares for me. Not another Woods to San Fran. You remember Rashawn Woods? <laughs> that was another no. dynasty, dynasty wide receiver pick of a, of a few years back that uh, did not work out. So got to be careful with those Woods going to uh, San Fran. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, that was our dynasty uh, spotlight there again. Uh, Keenan Allen drawing comparisons to Reggie Wayne, uh, Tavon Austin com- drawing comparisons to Harvin, Cobb, Welker, all these guys that get out of the cuts and just can move. And then Evan Silva says that it won't be a question of whether there's a receiver worthy of being selected in the top half of the first round. It's whether he'll be there for the Dolphins to take. Uh, and that's going to be very interesting to watch uh, as we get closer to the NFL draft. Now, Mike, running back wise, Marcus Lattimore. One of the best running backs we've seen in college. Had a, one of the worst injuries we've ever seen. It's about as bad a knee injury as you could possibly get, Dr. James Andrews said, of the injury sustained to Marcus Lattimore's knee. He was optimistic on Lattimore, but cautious as far as will he be able to play next season. you got to keep that open-ended, he said. He blew out his right knee, just totally blew it out. Everything you could possibly shatter, he shattered in it. So the question would be, Mike, can you – look, we saw Adrian Peterson. There's only one Adrian Peterson. But we we do know what we saw in Lattimore before that devastating injury. I remember watching that game, seeing that injury at the house here. Would you spend a first-round dynasty rookie pick on Lattimore? And I asked that of the chat room as well. Uh, no, I would not. Uh, I would spend a second-round pick on him, but I would not spend a first-round pick on him. I, but when I say that, it's because the uh, – I'm kind of hesitant when I say that because the running back class this year is so weak. But it's like I've said over and over again, uh, the game has changed so much to where how how much do you want a running back? I would spend a second-round pick, but not a first-round pick, no. Yeah, I think I would. I think he's that – it depends on the team. you know. But, look, you can't think – got to think long-term in these drafts, and rookies aren't going to help you most of the time in the first year anyway. So what do you really need from a first-year rookie anyway? You know, go ahead and sit on him, wait for him, and then, you know, you're going to get Lattimore. It's one of those – it'll be one of those feel-good stories. So everybody gets down on injured players. I get that. I I do too. It drops their trade value. But I think I would take – Say Lattimore gets drafted by uh, New England. I'm just going to throw that out there. New England Patriots. Uh, What's the chances of him – Getting, getting the value that you want, if you draft him in the first round, what's the chances of you getting the value that you want in the first three years? Yeah, probably probably not. 
But the upside, the upside is there. That's the word, you know. The uh, the upside is there. Now those other backs have upside too. There's a, there's a lot of good backs in this draft. I have a lot of respect for some of these kids that are in this draft. Giovanni Bernard, uh, Joe Randall. I'm 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 pretty high on from Oklahoma State. I like I like uh, always have liked watching him play. And he was very productive last year. We'll talk about a lot of those guys uh, as we progress. Uh, and we had a show a couple a couple weeks ago. You can download the podcast where we broke down all the running backs. The following week, we broke down the wide receivers. So we will do that again. Matt Bailey's about seven minutes away from being here tonight to uh, to talk about his championship uh, season and to make that pick in trendsetters. Uh, Rams GM Les Snead confirms that the team will not use the franchise tag on Danny Amendola. Now, we've called this for about nine months now, Mike, about August of this past year, I said that uh, Danny Amendola would be a New England Patriot in 2013. Um, my good friend Joe Conti uh, agrees with me, uh, at, in Vegas anyway. Uh, we both uh, agreed that Amendola would be a Patriot. Uh, so the question is, what do you think about uh, Amendola's chances somewhere like New England? Does he become a uh, instant star there? Yes, he does. As long as uh, Wes Welker is not there, would and you draft Amendola? Would you draft Amendola? Let's say Welker goes somewhere like, uh, well, I won't say Indianapolis Colts because if he went to Indianapolis, that would be insane. But let's say he went somewhere not as appealing, uh, somewhere like Cleveland. You have Welker in Cleveland and Amendola in New England. Who do you draft? No brainer. That's a, that's a no-brainer. I take Amendola first. All right, you're on the Amendola bandwagon. Welker in Cleveland or Amendola in New England? I want to see what the chat room thinks of that question. Okay. No, I'm not on the Amendola bandwagon. I'm on the system bandwagon. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I I, I can't fault you, man. I can't fault you. It's a good, you know. I I get it. I uh, I totally understand. Falcons will release Michael Turner. I've been calling Monty Ball. To the to the Falcons uh, for a while now. I think he is uh, the perfect system type running back for the Falcons in that one-two punch. Uh, he checked in at five eleven, two thirty. Mike. Sorry, sorry. I got my I got my notes confused. I'm sorry. I got too many. I, I'm telling you, look, it's been a hard week. I need to I need to reset. Let me back up, Mike. I've been calling Monty Ball to the Falcons. Been calling to the Falcons five ten two fourteen. My bad. I was looking down to the next line here. I got a lot. Five ten fourteen. What the heck? He's yeah. chunky. He is. Yeah, he's definitely chunky. He and he, but he fits that mold of a quiz ball. Now, have you have you seen that everybody's going after your jock quiz Rogers if you own him? I own him like everywhere, and and I'm not really. I, I think I should actually sell high because as soon as they draft a running back, quiz stock is going to go back down. Yeah. But do you think they're going to draft a running back? Is oh, that, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with Rodgers? Rodgers can play. He hasn't been given the chance full time. 3.9 yards per carry. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's good. He's good, but he's not the type of back that's going to uh, carry it 20 times and touch it 20, 25 times to really propel you to win leagues. So, but not, he's never I, been given the chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. He's too small. Uh, Eddie <laughs> now Mayock Mayock has the uh, Monty Ball as the number two back behind Eddie Lacy. Lacy 
coincidentally, uh, right here on my notes, he's the one that checked in at 5'11", 230, Mike. That's 11 pounds heavier than he's supposed to be, 220. Now, he's a battering ram. We saw that. Uh, so wherever Lacey goes, let's say he goes to Pittsburgh. That makes the most sense, right? Yep. He goes to Pittsburgh. Uh, he replaces Mendenhall, and uh, they have themselves another running back in the mold of, you know, a, a, a mini uh, Jerome Bettis. Yep. Mike, is Matt Barkley a first-round pick? He says he's the best. He will throw a it pro day. I mean, like right now, uh, you know, I think Matt Barkley and uh, Gino, Gino's going to be a first-round pick only because teams need quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are a central area of, uh, uh, of importance. And there, there's going to be teams out there like Kansas City Kansas City, they're going to get a quarterback. Now, I don't know if it's going to be the first round or the second round, but they're going to get a quarterback. And which one it's going to be, I'm not sure, but it's going to be one of those two. All right. Uh, one last story before we bring on our guest of the evening, Matt Bailey, fantasy football world champion. He'll be here in just a couple minutes. Jimmy Graham is looking for $12 million. He's waiting for Jared Cook's franchise number to come in. The franchise tag for tight ends pays right at the six mil mark, Mike. But it's interesting, you know, he's more of a wide receiver, and the franchise tag for a wide receiver is checks in at the ten mil mark. Now, Mike, what I'm getting ready to tell you and share with the rest of the crew here at the chat room, look, they already know it. They're some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy sports. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here on the, on the podcast for everybody that is checking in. Graham is entering the final year of his first contract at just $1.3 million, Mike. That's a travesty, absolute travesty. If the Saints don't right this ship, Mike, I know how you are. You're a, you're a hardliner. You will probably tell me you got to play out your contract. But $1.3 million for Jimmy Graham? Uh, I still say he has to play it out, but uh, there's nothing wrong – there's one thing about playing it out. There's another thing about ownership and the organization taking care of a player. That should be up to the organization saying, hey, Jimmy, let's – or obviously they won't be talking to him. They'll be talking to his agent. But, hey, whoever, uh, let's take care of Jimmy. Let's take care of Jimmy for the next three years. And, you know, a lot of great organizations, the Lakers for years, uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, who passed away uh, this past week, uh, George Steinbrenner, they did it for years and years and years. What they did was it wasn't about the, the player or the agent coming to them. It was about the owner coming to the player or agent saying, hey, let's make this work. This is what's going to happen. We'll pay you this. Let's, let's extend this contract because we appreciate you so much. All right, we're going to bring in the um, we're going to bring the honored guest of this evening. It is our honor to bring you Matt Bailey, the fantasy football world champion. Matt, how's it going? Hey, Scott, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's a uh, my pleasure to have you. You're always welcome here, and congratulations from all of us here at Red versus Blue. FF Toolbox, Full Time Fantasy. We're uh, very delighted that you've uh, you came out to Vegas. You celebrated with us out there. Uh, it was very nice to meet you and your brother, and uh, just have a good time out there for the Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't get to see you after the game, so uh, how did things turn out? I, uh, 
we we had a real good time. Uh, if, we went out to Vegas. We met you guys, and uh, we really it was kind of a blur. My brother and I had a great time. We met a buddy out there. We saw you guys occasionally, and then when the game came around, we, I, I was in line trying to you know get the uh, get the bets down for my for my brother and his buddy, and people are talking, and uh, it, it worked out real well. They we, we like Baltimore, uh, so that worked out. They my, I was trying to convince them not to take the under, but you know they, they, that's what they did. So it worked out pretty good. Thanks. Well, this is your first time on Red versus Blue. You've been a uh, member of the Fantasy Players Association. Matt has always been the guy, Mike, to really investigate. He always sends me the emails, lets me know when contests paid, lets me know about their customer service. He's the guy that'll be in the chat room on a, in on the league management software, and he'll dial up the customer service number to to see if there is a you know a, a commissioner or a facilitator at the draft to make sure they answer. And he'll send me an email back, hey. They answered on the second ring, and uh, they took care of the problems. You know, he, he's always been detailed. He's always done that for the players, asked for nothing in return, and uh, it was really neat to see him uh, do what he did. Uh, Mike, Matt Bailey, world champion. Week 14, Matt, You uh, it was week 14 that you really turned the corner, and you had a 197-point week. It, it, it was great. Uh, you know what? You do this long enough, uh, you, you have some good weeks in the playoffs, and uh, I try not to get too excited because, you know, it's happened before, and then then to, have, then to get disappointed after a big first week, that, that, that's uh, that's not pleasant. But uh, this, this that was a great start, and, uh, you know, it, it, it continued on. I was, you know, I was real happy with it, obviously. It, it, it's just one of those timing things where, you know, some guys got hot late, and I was real fortunate to have that happen. Hey, Matt, uh, this is Mike. Uh you know, don't be so humble, man. I mean, uh, congrats. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, was there ever uh, at a time that you were going after it where you were rooting against a certain player? Hey, Mike. Yeah, nice talking to you. Uh, rooting against a certain player. I'll tell you, there's a couple of players that were real frustrating. I'm not sure if this is exactly your question, but, uh, you know, having drafted D'Angelo Williams and David Wilson, I I wanted to drop those guys about five or six different times during the course of the season. Yeah. And I, I was always going to have to to start one of those guys in the playoffs. I was pretty much a wide receiver flex team. So, uh, you know, I, I would have hate to have made the wrong decision in a key moment of the playoffs and started one over the other and lost. So I guess you could say in a matter of speaking, I, I did root against either David Wilson or D'Angelo Williams, depending on who I benched that week. But, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it worked out. Yeah. Now, uh, just so everybody knows, his lineup, uh, again, Matt was actually the three seed going into the playoff round, Mike. He was, uh, you know, the good thing about the FFWC format, the top four teams go to the playoffs. And that's yeah. something that we put up for survey response. And I will let a sneak uh, peek out that the player survey that we returned, an overwhelming majority of the players said, keep it at four teams. Now, I know there was a contingent of people out there on the message board that said, hey, you know, as the contest grows, you're going to need to drop that back a little bit and scale it back so that less teams are, are in the hunt for the but 200 good. But, but let's face it. Let's face it, okay, for a second. There's only going to be one winner of the 200K. So would you rather be a team that, you know, and, and, and you know make it and only and be on the, against a limited field, or do you want a shot? And, and the overwhelming sentiment that we heard in the surveys, and we'll share all the results of the surveys, was they said, 
four teams in. Now, Matt, I don't know how you voted, but you're just one vote. You're not more than, you know, you won the 200, but you only get one vote. So what, did, what if you don't mind sharing, what did you vote? Did you vote to reduce it to three or keep it at four? I, I think I, I voted to keep it at, uh, to keep it at four. Uh, for me, you know, you're going to reward the league winners with those initial monies. And I think that's a good thing to do, you know, to, to the victor go the spoils. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about a fourth place team, you know, you're not giving them anything, if anything at all, for that win. I mean, while you're, all you're saying is, look, you know, you finished in the top four of your league. You know, here's some hope going forward. You're up against great teams anyway, so I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with four teams going. I mean, you know, three, even three teams is, is, a, is a good percentage, but I, I don't have a problem with four. Well, uh, and the people have spoken. Uh, that was uh, that was a little bit surprising to me. I thought they might vote for three, but uh, they did. They they kept it at four, and I, and I think that uh, after I started to look at those results, I said, you know, that makes sense because you want a shot. You want a shot at it, and and I like the fact that we we put an automatic four teams in. We also put some wild cards in. We have some protections in there in case you're the uh, the top. You you share in the best record, but you didn't get in. We have seen that before, where three teams had the best record, and then one team didn't get in. So we made sure, or actually I didn't, but Ian and Emil, they made sure that uh, if that happens, the that anybody that is tied for the best record also gets in. But let's talk about your team for a second. I want people to hear it. Robert Griffin III was obviously the pick uh, that, that made a big difference because, you know, you get that quarterback late like that and it turns out to be RG3. That's going to make a big difference. Matt was actually, Mike, I don't know if I ever told you this, he was the first pick in the first draft that was ever offered at the FFWC. Not only was he the first pick, but it was in the first draft. Uh, and, he, and he finishes the season at number one. There's a little bit of irony in that or a little bit of, uh, I don't know. What's I'm that? sorry, Mike. Who'd you take first pick? Uh, well, you remember there was going in the last year's draft. It was pretty much a big three where you had Foster, Rice, and McCoy. And right. I felt most comfortable with Foster, so I took Arian Foster, and uh, you know he, he he was good. He was a good pick. It, it worked out. I would have liked him to have caught some more balls, but uh, he worked right. out fine. Yeah, well, that made a big difference there. A lot of people went uh, lots of different directions there. So as early as your first pick made a difference in this championship squad. Now, D'Angelo Williams was your number two running back. You already mentioned him. Uh, you had David Wilson. You were maybe hoping that something would pan out there. And, hey, D'Angelo Williams was one of the hot running backs in the, in the league at the end of the year. He was a top five running back the last four weeks. I don't know if people really watched that happen or not, but, he, you know, that's a big part of the reason why you're here today, D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, you know, having to use D'Angelo Williams, I mean, obviously he was frustrating all year, but uh, it was really a, it was really a function of of how good the league was. I mean, to their credit, running back was difficult for me all season. We had some great owners in that league, and uh, you know they, they kept the, they picked the waiver wire clean, and uh, which which really caused me to hold on to him. I mean, I, I would have loved to have gotten rid of the guy if I could have picked up him, you know, like a Marcel Reese or a Bryce Brown. But uh, you know, to their credit, they uh, they got those guys and. Uh, Angelo hung on my team all that time, and uh, you know it just so happened that uh, Stewart went down at the right time, and uh, you know D'Angelo did real, did real well. I mean, uh, he 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 looks he looks good to me. I mean, I know Carolina's gonna have to make a decision, but uh, boy, he looks good. He's got plenty of speed, and uh, he, he looked real good out there. Well, Scott, if you don't mind, let me jump in. Uh, I I know we've gone through uh, Matt's first uh, three picks, and uh, you brought up something, Matt, that made me. Uh, Made me think, 
how uh, how effective uh, and how much did you use the waiver wire, and did it affect your team much at all this year? Uh, I'll tell you, Mike, I, I would have liked it to affect my team a little bit more. I would have felt more comfortable along the way. Uh, you know, like I said, there were some really good owners in that league. And a couple, I mean, I did pick up a couple players that made a difference during the bye weeks. Jeremy Curley for the Jets had a few nice PPR weeks for me. Uh, Brandon Myers, you know, performed well before he fell off the cliff at the end. So those guys made a difference. I, I really thought I, I was the way I saved my money. I kept my powder dry all season in the hopes that during those last weeks somebody would emerge. And I thought I had something in uh, in both Jalen Parmley for the, the Jaguar <laughs> and uh, yep. Julian Edelman. For, for New England, uh, I, picked, I spent good money, picked them up, and you, you know you feel good about a pick, and they both just go down to the season on IR the moment I pick them up, and that was it for me. So I uh, I didn't get a lot on the waiver wire. I, I did I did have to shuffle out quarterbacks for a while because both RG3 and, and Locker were hurt at times, but, uh, you know, it, it, it worked out where I had enough healthy quarterbacks for the playoffs. So, so, uh, so I'll, I'll try to waiver wire better. Okay, Matt, so you basically went throughout your season with RG3 and Jake Locker. That's it. I mean, you know, I, I was out. I mean, also, awesome. I was I was high on Locker, and he didn't he, he didn't do it, so it shows you how smart I am. But, uh, yeah, he, he went on and off my roster for a while. I did actually have to start him in week 15 when RG3 sat, and that was yeah. one of the ugliest ball games I've ever seen for the Jets. Yeah, so that's what I was going to What's that? I said that's what I was going to ask about week 15. <laughs> yeah, that that game was really really bad, and I'm I'm there watching it, and and all, thank God Dick Locker <laughs> ran one in. Other than that, that that game was a there was not a lot of fantasy points to be scored. That's awesome. Well, and, and I'd like to say this too. Uh, we're listening to Matt Bailey, the fantasy football world champion, won two hundred thousand dollars at the fantasy football world championship this year. In our first year, he was the number one pick in the first draft of the year. And, Mike, let me just say this. It was one of the most competitive drafts. You hear it all the time. Uh, for people that don't play high stakes, they, they're kind of afraid. They say, oh, you know, you can get paired up with a very difficult competition, and then another guy gets put in there with a bunch of newbies. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, let me just tell you, it really doesn't matter because this guy was in there against some of the best in the game. Uh, Chad Schroeder was in that game. Roger Gonzalez was in that game. Kimber Schlisser was in that game. Glenn Lowy was in that uh, in that league. So the list goes on and on. Not only did he do it against top competition, I call this the perfect draft team because, again, he, he did get a, a little bit of marginal help from the waivers, Matt. You did. But at the end of the day, look, this team was Griffin, Foster, Lloyd, Marshall, Roddy White, Tony Gonzo, and the Seahawks defense. And you had Decker on the bench. Uh, you, you had David Wilson that you really couldn't ever get a lot out of that you could, you know, that maybe this year you will. And you also had Brandon Myers to throw in there. But let me say this. Brandon Myers is one of those guys that had huge weeks when he's on your bench. Then you put him in your league and he scores you one point. You scored 197 points with a one-point game out of Brandon Myers and a two-point game out of Shane Graham. That tells you how good the rest of the roster was in week 14. And you got out to a lead and you kept it up. Well, it sounds good now, but I'll tell you that Brandon, that Brandon Myers thing, starting him at flex, watching Decker score all those points. That you know, I, I was here at the bar. I actually just got off the bar tonight. I was at the bar that night, and I'm I'm, I'm eating my heart out, guys. You know, you make a you make a tough line of decision. You know, maybe it goes down to the wire, 
and, and that's fine during the season. But you know, when it when it's all on the line and you you're leaving twenty, you know, sometimes thirty points on the bench with with the wrong decision, boy, that's tough. I, I mean, I'm really glad it worked out because I, I I don't know that I would have slept much this year if it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then uh, it all culminated when we did the Maui show. We were uh, watching the game, rooting. Uh, for all of our own dynasty teams, and we're watching that game, and we, and we realized in that San Fran Seattle game that you had just locked up uh, the two hundred thousand dollars, and we gave you a call. Talk about that moment when we realized. Did you realize it before that call, or were you still afraid that we were jinxing it? Talk about that moment a little bit. Uh, well, it was you know when the Seahawks blocked that that. You, you you hope for something to happen because I guess in answer to Mike's earlier question, I think I understand it now. I was rooting against Marshawn Lynch, Mike, because the guys behind me had Lynch and he was making a hard charge throughout that game. Well, I had Seattle defense, and when they blocked that field goal, and I'm watching the guy pick the ball up and run down the sideline, I, I just I can't really describe what it was like. All of a sudden, I get a phone call, and there's there's Scott Atkins saying congratulations. I'm going. What? Wait, no. Is it? Is it? Wait, this, is this for real? Like, is, is this really happening? It's. it's I, I can't describe it to you. I, I'm not. I'm not like a man of means. Like I attend bar for a living. I'm outside in the parking lot of the bar. I just got out, and then you, this happens, and you realize, you know, you, obviously you climb the mountain, and it looks like it's going to happen, but it's just a. It's just it's such an amazing feeling. My wife makes fun of me about that moment now because she kept asking me, you know, she's in the room with me. When is it over? When is it over? And I just kept saying when it when it's zero 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 like when there's no more time on the clock that's when it's over. So I don't I didn't really I didn't know when to trust that it was it was over. But I know that moment was looking good. That's awesome, Michael. And uh, it's really over when uh, Elias says it's over. But uh, man, what a great <laughs> moment, man! I mean that that is so cool. And I'm sure a lot of us have been there. And it, it just makes you feel so good. You're, you're pumped up. You're amped up. It's like. I did this. I did this. I did this. That's my team. That's my player, you know, and that's that's pretty cool. Uh was there any uh player throughout the uh, throughout the season that you drafted sixth through thirteenth or sixth through fifteenth that really made a difference that stepped up for you? Well, I don't think there's any question. It was Tony Gonzalez and R G three. Tony Gonzalez, you know, uh the guy is just He's just a stud. I mean, again, he's a veteran, and I got him in, I think, the tenth round. And I didn't, you know, I didn't expect him to do what he did this year. I just hoped he he presented value, and he just killed it. He, he killed it for another year, and I, I I'm just constantly impressed by that guy. So that's he and RG three were, were, were the two that made the difference in those rounds you're talking about. Right. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Well, man. and how and how fitting is it to be a uh, you know? Look, we've all played fantasy for years. We've all all seen Tony Gonzo do it year after year, and we always look back and say, "Man, he did it again." And nobody really valued him as such. But how fitting is it to see that you won the whole thing uh, in a year where it's Tony Gonzo's swan song, so to speak? I mean, if I were you, I'd be going out and getting every jersey on that team and just going ahead and stocking it away and putting it in my closet. Because you have that other jersey that we'll talk about is that uh, the commemorative championship jersey. Have you worn it yet? What are you doing with that thing? You putting it up on a wall, or is it, what, what's, what's going to happen with that thing? Uh, you know, I, I I haven't worn it yet. I, I haven't uh, tucked away. I, uh, it's been, I I hope you guys understand. It's been kind of a whirlwind. I mean, I didn't come up. Uh, Vegas is a complete blow. I got home, and it took a little while to get adjusted and and get some things straight and. Uh, 
So the, the, uh, it's in a very safe place. I haven't, uh, I haven't put it on. I haven't, I haven't quite what's decided to do with it. My, my, my son's a, he's three years old, but he's a really big kid. So I'm thinking maybe in a couple of years he might fit into that thing. So I'm not, I, I don't want to get it messed up. I, I, I kind of like it pristine, where maybe I can break it out and, uh, and, and look at it. Well, now, hopefully, Matt, I gotta ask, uh, who's your favorite team now? Uh, I'm <laughs> Mike. I'm used to disappointment. I'm an Eagles fan, so that's Eagles. Been, uh, that's okay, been, uh, okay. And so, so that means uh, your son. What's his name? James. James. Okay, he's gonna be Eagles fan. Uh, I'm not so, so sure. So we gotta go head to head. Mike, uh, my, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you or some of the guys in the chat room have a similar experience, but. Uh, I had to uh, I had to chase her and she lives somewhere else so uh, I'm up here up up north where they're all uh, Pats fans so uh, whatever whatever he wants in life it's fine by me I just uh, you know Eagles is great. <laughs> I just wanted to be happy and uh, you know yeah I just I'm I'm looking forward to the day when I can I can kind of tell him about this and uh, you know tell him what it's like to take a chance. I'll, uh, hey that sounds awesome awesome. Uh, Henry Muto in the chat room. He says he had to sweat a little more than you, Matt. He won by 1.89 points to knock down a six-figure prize over at the NFFC. So uh, a lot of winners here tonight, a lot of money being. So now let's get to the money. Now I know you uh, you probably don't want to get in, but have you have you guys had a little bit of enjoyment as a family? Have you bought anything for the wife? What tell tell us about how that whole thing shakes out. Uh, you know, you know. Again, I think some of you guys might have a similar uh, sort of experience the, the wife was the was the first beneficiary of this it's uh you know that's if you guys you know when you when you when you spend your time with somebody and you and, and i you know i love fantasy football and i see all the same names in the chat room when i listen to your show or, or when i go on the message boards or compete and you know when you when you have a somebody you spend your life with it's a negotiation to be in these high stakes leagues you gotta you gotta do deals and and you know we got to a point now where, you know, when we were younger and we were dating or we didn't have kids, you know, I could do this and travel to Vegas or New York. And, uh, you know, lately, since life got a little more serious, it's, it's doing things online and uh, and pairing back on the teams a little bit. So uh, this was the payoff. This was, you know, my, my wife is, she's just such a great person. To her credit, you know, she's always, she always said, you know what, you're good at this. You take a chance. I believe in you. And and that's hard to do sometimes when you're not, when you're not winning. So, I give her a lot of credit for that. She's 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 been great, and she deserved uh, a nice a nice little gift to answer your question. That uh, that that meant a lot. Uh, Mama, you know, Mama needs a new pair of shoes, right? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I, I should have just said that. You're right. Oh, well, uh, that's what it's all about to understand uh, to understand the passion that we all have, and uh, whether it's uh, male or female, they all have the passion, and it's a lot of fun. Well, we hope uh, we hope Matt that you will join us in Las Vegas this year for the main event. We plan on rising your jersey to the rafters along with a ceremony for the former champions at the uh, the previous World Championship of fantasy football. Because look, they uh, they deserve some respect. They uh, we want to live that tradition on, and uh, it's not their fault that that uh, contest is no longer here. So we thought we would do something nice for them as well as you to uh, bring in the first championship jersey at the FFWC. So let's get your take on some of these. We're going to do a buy or sell real quick here on Red versus Blue. I know you're drafting in Trendsetters. By the way, Wayne Ellis says hello in the chat room, and he says you're on the clock in Trendsetters. So right after this show, you need to go over there and make your pick over at Trendsetters. Uh, but Wayne, Wayne pick, pick up Phil Rivers for me. Just give me another quarterback. Phil Rivers is my pick. 
Phil, he'll, he'll take Phil Rivers uh, in his pick with one L. So uh, Philip Rivers is his pick. Go ahead and go ahead and take him. Uh, buy or sell? We're gonna start with you, Matt. You just do it. Give us a buy or a sell, and then uh, Mike will go to you. Jacquez Rogers, uh, is it time to buy or is it time to sell? I think it's time to sell. Uh, you know, this is, you, I don't think his value is ever going to be higher than right now because, you know, Turner's going to get released, and they, we haven't had the draft yet. We don't know what they're going to do. I, I like the kid. He's a good player. Uh, and, you know, they're starting to use the screen more there, so he'll have some value. But uh, if I had him, I, I, w- I would sell him. Are we talking regraft or uh, dynasty, Scott? Uh, you know, whatever you want. Okay, well, I'm going to buy him. I'm going to buy uh, Jacquez Rogers. Uh, because Turner was released, and uh, I think they're going to at least give him a couple years to uh, see what happens with him. Uh, they have to they have to develop the running game, I, and they're, it's, they're not going to develop the running game through somebody new, so it's going to have to be him. So I'm going to buy Jacquez Rogers. Yeah, you know that he did he did flash some uh, brilliance in the playoffs against some pretty good competition. In San Francisco, I, I like what I saw from him, but again, uh, is he going to be able to take the beating that he needs to? I think they're going to bring in a banger. I think it's time to sell Jacquez Rogers. That's how you get rich in fantasy football. Joe Flacco, uh, Matt. Joe Flacco uh, had a very hot postseason, and uh, the question is, uh, is he now elite? So, do you buy or sell Joe Flacco? Uh, I sell him. I, I think it's a well, first of all, I, I think he gets a lot of grief. I mean, Flacco is a fine quarterback. If, if you look, if you look back at the last couple of years, if it's not for T.J. Huzmanzada dropping a ball on the sideline or Lee Evans dropping a ball in the end zone, that team could, you know, they could have a couple of big belts uh, there. So I think he gets a lot of grief. But we're talking fantasy, and uh, you know, Bolden's older now. Pitt is starting to come on. Torrey Smith is starting to, you know, become more than just a deep threat. And I, you like the organization. But uh, I, I just don't – I don't think he's going to be a consistent fantasy starter. So I would use whatever prejudice exists out there in real football and, and the Super Bowl to, to move him. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, you know, honestly, I, Joe Flacco is a, he's a great manager of games. Uh, he can make things happen when it comes uh, playoff time uh, during the regular season. If I want to hear hardcore fantasy stats, I'm not going to get it out of Flacco, so I'm going to sell him. Yeah. It's hard to put him in a top ten quarterback. I think he is right outside that top ten, but I, and that's about the value of him. So I think he's a hold for me. I don't think I buy him. I don't think I sell him. Uh, I think I just kind of hang on to him if I have him, and I don't go after him if I don't have him. Uh, young running back by the name of Alfred Morris. Obviously, Roy Hallou will be back. And maybe getting some carries there. Alfred Morris is obviously the stud. RG3 is a stud. It's an improving offense. Uh, our first Redskin of the night, Alfred Morris, buy or sell? I'd, I'd, I'd buy him. I'd buy him every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Just, I mean, the kid looks good, so he, it, it's clear to me that he, that he has some talent. He, he can run through trash really well. He runs strong. He runs. He, he runs like a guy who wants that job for a while. And it's not. It's not just him, it's what goes on. If RG3 is healthy, there's that guy going to have a real nice few years. Uh, is it on me? I, I personally, I still, I still Alfred Morris. Uh, the, the only reason that I do that is because I believe he's a hard runner. I believe he can, 
you know, you know, possibly get you a couple of touchdowns here and there, but uh, bottom line is guys not fast. He's not quick. Uh, he, he can, he, he's able to get get to a room and find it. But uh, here, these these guys, these linebackers, uh, these secondaries, they understand they're going to get on the tape and they're going to be like, whoa, the guy cannot run fast. We're on And uh, so I saw Having a few audio issues uh, that are being reported in the chat room. Hopefully the blog talk uh, can clear those up for us. Michael Crabtree, one of the hottest wide receivers at the end of the year. If you had him, you were enjoying what you saw with this Colin Kaepernick connection. Uh, Michael Crabtree is a uh, hot commodity in Dynasty, and his name is rising, and I'm sure it's going to be a name that rises in the redrafts. Uh, Can you share with us, Matt, before you at, uh, talk about buy or sell, about where did he go in that trendsetters draft? Oh, trendsetters? I think he uh, third round. Second third. or third. Okay. And do you buy or sell? Uh, I, uh, ones I do both. I mean, I'd like to have the guy. And I think the perception right now is that he's going to be a very good player with a good quarterback. So you can get a lot. Or you can keep men and them. Uh, I'd, I'd like to have like five. Okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Okay. Uh, Michael Crabtree, it's an absolute buy, in my opinion. I totally agree. Uh, you know, man, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer because uh, as long as uh, Kaepernick stays healthy, as long as they got the running game of Gore, which they will have, uh, along with LaMichael James, uh, it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for Crabtree. And I know uh, he's not on the bottom cell chart uh, right now, but Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, Crabtree, I mean, we're talking about two guys right there that you you, you got to have. Yeah, Michael, Michael Crabtree, a definite buy. Uh, let's move on to – one of these tight ends, uh, Matt, I'm going to give you two tight end names. You tell me which one uh, you are buying and which one you're selling. Dennis Pitta and Jermichael Finley. Oh, I, I buy Pitta and I sell Finley. I, I tell you what, if, I, if somebody needed me to pay them to get rid of Finley off my team, I would do that. That guy, <laughs> I just can't, I can't have him on my team. I mean, again, I respect anybody who crosses the white stripe and plays football. But, you know, in fantasy, there's no consistency there. The, the, the guy drops balls. He doesn't seem to get it. And he, and he blames other people for the things he does. It, it's like it's really weird to listen to that guy talk after watching him perform. So I'd definitely pit a, a, between those two. Mike, Dennis Pitta has a pretty high price tag right now, and Finley has a very low one. What do you do? I'll, I'll buy Pitta. I mean, I'll buy Pitta all day long because of, of the structure of their offense, the way they – the way they do it, especially because, you know, the, the wideouts, I mean, they're getting aging a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a, a little bit tougher. But uh, bottom line is Pitta has uh, become uh, formidable, uh, uh, so to speak. So uh, I'd rather have Pitta than uh, Finley. I'd buy Pitta and uh, drop or, uh, sell Finley, no doubt. Well, I know that uh, Greg Jennings is leaving Green Bay, right? And so that should help the opportunities for Finley. The question is, what is he going to do with him? Because he has kind of fell apart over the last couple of years. Let me change that question a little bit. I, I probably should have went Pitta and Pettigrew. 
Because, in, in, you know, most of these leagues at least award one PPR. Some of the leagues, FFPC, they award one and a half PPR. Uh, Pitta or Pettigrew, uh, Matt, just quick quick answers, fine. Pitta or Pettigrew? I'd still go Pitta. If you, Pettigrew is just it's all volume. It's all ugly. I mean, it, it, that offense, Stafford, you know, his statistics look good at the end of the year, and so did Pettigrew's, but getting there, that's a really wild ride, and it doesn't look good doing it. Agree. Agree. Pitta. Pitta's going to be uh, – it, it wouldn't it wouldn't su- surprise me at all to see Pitta be one of the uh, what drafted in the first couple rounds. I mean, this guy is. I mean, he gets that many touches and makes that much of an influence, especially inside the red zone. All right, we've got one more on the buy or sell uh, docket tonight, and it's two names: uh, James Jones and Pierre Garcon. Again, another Green Bay theme here. Wide receiver Jennings leaving, uh, Garcon, kind of the injury label, kind of the drops he's labeled, but does have the big play potential. James Jones, Pierre Garcon, what do you like there, man? I like Garcon. Uh, I know James Jones caught a ton of touchdowns, and with Jennings leaving, he, ostensibly he should have a, a better role and, and, and go forward being more consistent. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I think Garcon right now has the best deep ball in the National Football League if he's healthy. Uh, really incredibly accurate. And if you watch some of those plays that Garcon made when he came back, I mean, the plays in space, uh, they seem to have an affinity for one another. And I I would just go there because I think he's going to be the number one in the offense, whereas James Jones, you know, who knows what he's going to be. I mean, is it Cobb? Is it Jordy? Is it James Jones? I like both those other guys ahead of James Jones. Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I, I couldn't sell either one of these guys. Uh, Pierre Garçon, I think, will be more consistent. James Jones is just uh, you, you have to try to find your matchups. James Jones, he can do he can go with two for 20 yards one week, or he can go uh, 10 for 150 with three touchdown passes the next <laughs> week. I mean, right. that's just what James Jones is in that offense. So, uh it's very tough to sell either one of them. If you're looking for consistency on your uh, on your dynasty team or your redraft team, uh, I agree with you. Pierre Garçon would be the guy. Now you said the best deep ball, man. Pierre Garçon or Torrey Smith? Uh, well, I have to go to Torrey Smith just based on the fact that you know what Flacco is and you know he's healthy and you know he'll have Torrey Smith. If RG3, if I knew we were going to be healthy, I'd go, I'd go Garçon. I would. All right, one last question for the champ here. Who would you rather have for next year? We're talking free agent running backs with their three of them. Reggie Bush, Ahmad Bradshaw, or Mendenhall. You got one year, one back to pick in a redraft. Who do you like? Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Uh, you know, Mendenhall, that's just, I mean, I, I don't know what happened there, but it all went wrong. And, uh, you know, Bradshaw's a guy I've had some success with in the past, but, you know, those foot problems, Foot problems and running backs, especially the way it's happening to him, I, I, I'd go Reggie Bush. It's, you know, I've heard talk about him going to Detroit. That's That sounds pretty good to me. I go Reggie Bush. I mean, Reggie Bush is a little bit younger. Uh, Mindy, uh, Mindy, just you never know what you're going to get. Uh, and Bradshaw is a little, little bit too far in the tooth. So uh, I go Reggie Bush, plus the flexibility that uh, Bush brings to an offense. Wow, you guys – I tell you how quickly the tide turns on Ahmad Bradshaw. You know, I know he lost uh, he lost his team. He doesn't have the uh, the Giants to rely on anymore anymore. But everybody's ready to 
turn ship. You know, it's not that long ago that everybody thought that Reggie Bush was a bust, and then he gets to Miami and kind of uh, turns some heads a little bit. You know, it's uh, interesting to see the, uh, the the tide turn so quickly on these guys. But uh, I think Ahmad Bradshaw could be a really nice fit somewhere like it won't happen, but, you know, New York Jets. Behind an offensive line, somewhere, oh, you know? God. it could be it could be kind of nice, Mike. It could be kind of nice. I'm on Bradshaw. Oh, I would take him in a heartbeat. I bet you would. You'd take anybody right now. Uh, you're not kidding. All right, well, guys, yeah. look, it's been it, it's been a lot of fun, Matt. Great to always catch up with you. You're welcome on Red vs. Blue anytime. Thank you for being a part of it. Uh, Thanks, the uh, the the media the media week has uh, started for you, and uh, the AP article will be out soon, so look for that. Natick, is it Natick? Natick? That's how you That's pronounce right. it, right? That's right. And, hey, hey, guys, listen, while I got a chance, thanks so much for doing Red versus Blue. You know, when during the season, you know, it's it, it, it's good for laughs. It's good for information. Mike, I tell you, every time you hit that damn buzzing me thing, I, I just it, it makes me laugh. So I appreciate the smiles over the course of the year. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Give it to him one time, one time. Even though I told him he needed to be sober for Matt Bailey coming on tonight, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't get the buzzer meter. Uh, I told him that look, wait till after the show, and then we can we can have a good time. So he did. Very proud of you, Mike. Thank you, sir. And thank you, Matt Bailey, for being on Red Thank Red you, Welcome Thanks, anytime. Matt. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks, a good one. All right, that's Matt Bailey, the fantasy football world champion, two hundred thousand uh, dollars. What a what a what a great story there, Mike. It's always nice to see. Yeah. We couldn't have wrote a better story at the FFWC for one of the high stakes veterans, one of the high stakes pros, not a newcomer, not one of the guys that you you never heard of, somebody that's been here since the beginning, who plays all the contests, who looks out for the players. He knocked one down, man, and it's it's a great it's it's got to be a great feeling. Yes, absolutely, Scott. And it's got to be fun. I mean, and I love the way that you guys are uh, promoting, uh, like, next year is FFWC 2, and then 3, and then 4. You know, I, I like the way you guys are promoting it, uh, you, Ian, uh, Emil, uh, the whole team, uh, Cindy. I mean, a lot of good things going on with you guys, and uh, I just, uh, I'm just glad that I just kind of follow along with it. So, I just appreciate the uh, Appreciate you having me on the show and just love it. Yep. Make sure you guys go to FFToolbox.com. There are Daytona rankings up there if you're in a fantasy circle there. The Daytona kicks off. Uh, the biggest race of the year is the first race of the year. It's kind of the backward sport. Give me a winner. If you call if you call it a sport. We also have we just released our fantasy baseball rankings for all you baseball freaks. Those are out there. You can put in your mock drafts on the uh on the mock draft uh little uh spreadsheet there you can check out those if you're into the nfl draft and we got all we got the uh the, the rookie uh scouting profiles the combine preview just got a little bit of everything on FS toolbox very popular plus the also the dynasty ranking hey, so uh lots lots to offer Scott, that, we leave, give me give me a winner tomorrow daytona or i mean sunday daytona a winner at daytona it's matt kenseth man new team okay. right i mean right. that's uh, uh, that's what i thought you take yeah. care of it, I'll take Harvick, and then we'll see who gets bragging rights uh, next Friday. Matt Kenseth is now in the Home Depot Dollar General Toyota 20 car for Joe Gibbs Racing. I can't believe it. 
I mean, he's been number 17 since he's been a rookie and competing with Dale Earnhardt, and now he's in the number 20 car. I mean, that's going to be kind of exciting to see him going around in that orange, man. So we got to we got to see what that's all about. That should be fun. I got I got I got Harvick. You got Kenzo. Let's do it. All right. Well, that's the top two rankings at the uh, on our on our site. So uh, interesting that you say that. All right, gang. Thanks for being here. It was a great show with Matt Bailey. We will see you next week when we break down more Dynasty coverage here on Red vs. Blue. See you next week. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.